Hey, Hoopheads, once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads Podcast Network for even more great basketball content. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, JJ Rivera, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Kenneth Wilson. And we're going to 305 Culture, a show where you feel the heat. Yeah, yeah. Now let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat basketball. Well, before we begin, Kenneth, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. Always glad to be here to talk some ball. Uh, me as well. So, let's get right into it. The Miami Heat are currently riding a three-game winning streak, and we're going to discuss the second and third wins of those of that winning streak against the Hornets and the Wizards starting off with the Wizards the Miami Heat defeated the defeated the the Charlotte Hornets on February the 5th 104 to 86 a game that saw the that saw the the Heat jump out to an early lead and then the Hornets storming back to take it in the second quarter and then from there it was all heat Particularly that third quarter, we we need to talk about that third quarter because that third quarter was insane. Uh, Jimmy Butler was outstanding as once again. Bam Adebayo kind of been kind of been on on a nice groove lately on the offensive end, shaking off a bit of a. He was struggling a bit coming back from the injury, but he seems to be back to normal. And more importantly, these last two games have been blowouts, so. They the guys have seen have not seen their usual workload, which is big. Coming, I mean, considering the fact that they the first half of the schedule for the Miami Heat was was particularly tough, and they're still the number one seed, by the way. And they have a home heavy schedule up next. Tyler Hero let all bench score bench scores with nineteen, and a, it was. A great effort overall, particularly on the defensive end. Let's talk about the defensive end, but on the third quarter. Kenneth, what did you like about the third quarter by from the Miami Heat in this game? They allowed only eight points to the Charlotte Hornets. Well, I mean, yeah, you said it when you said, let's talk about the defensive end. Then you said, let's talk about the third quarter. I was like, well, wait a minute, did they? But no, nah, that would be my takeaway majority from it all, bro. Um the game was back and forth at first. The Miami Heat got out to the better start. Charlotte eventually blazed back, like you said, in the second quarter. And actually to a point where um, I want to say that they took a lead into halftime, maybe. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and they took... it was, you know, it felt like in that second quarter that we were doing the, oh, here we go again. We have a big lead and then we let it go. But then I don't know what was said in the locker room that they just put the hammer down and Charlotte stood no chance. Right. Well, they lived up, you know, to that um, situation. Like, basically, when the Miami Heat set their mind to do whatever the hell it was they were going to do in the second half, they just imposed that well. And that's a theme that carried over until it carried over into the win on Monday. But like you said, the third period saw them going to 35 to eight run, not only. And I mean, that kind of speaks to something that um, I put out today on all you can heat where you can read, you know, read me and JJ now for your Miami heat ring content needs. Check us um, out y'all. The Miami heat are the pitcher of versatility. They can beat you in multiple ways um, from a team or individual perspective. 
um, whether it be the starting union or the bench guys. I mean, it doesn't matter. They can do it offensively, defensively. They can outscore you and run you out the building. They can keep you from scoring and make you wish you never saw a basketball. I mean, it just doesn't stop. So, like you had mentioned, that 35-8 to run in the third period is basically what did the Hornets in. Um, you know, they only allowed them to score eight points, and then they put up damn near 40. That'll do it every time. <laughs> I think you should win every game that you if you have a quarter like that in a game you should win it 100% of the time which in this case they did I want to talk about of course I want to talk about Bam there was a highlight clip that, from Steve Jones Jr. it kind of didn't go viral but it caught my eye and I saw it in the game as well Yeah, I was about there to was say, a possession um, there me and Miami Heat content creator Cooper Moorhead we kind of had a back and forth about that exact play, but I know what you're talking about. It just, it was nicely packaged when Steve Jones created the thing. Yeah, it was, it was a, let's talk about it. Bam Adebayo guarded about three, four, or three players with different, by the way, different player archetypes. It's not like they were all. Like, I want to say a, it was Ubre, Terry Rozier, and then Miles. Miles Bridges. Bridges. Yep, and he guarded all of them on what appeared to be a three-man weave. They all got the rock, tried to give them their moves, realized that it was Bam in front of them, and made a business decision to give it up to the next guy. Unfortunately, Miles Bridges was the last guy in that train, and he decided that he had to try him. And that didn't work out too well, because Bam he said He ended up no. getting blocked. Yeah. <laughs> so, a couple things there. The Hornets, I don't know what they were trying to do, since it's pretty clear the Miami Heat are switching defense, and... When you see Bam coming up on a switch, I don't think maybe you should swing the ball and don't set a pick. Like, try to beat your other man. I know the it's it's easier said than done, especially when you have the other types of types of defender that we have on this team. But you know they kept constantly setting screens and knowing that the Heat switched every screen, then it was it was weird. Also, I mean, I, I didn't I don't remember seeing a slip or anything like because. As it has been said, the best way when you the way to, to beat a switch is by slipping the screen. And I didn't see any of that, so not none of them took Bam with them. And you know, it, it was a bad offensive possession for them. And it was a great defensive play for Bam Adebayo, who continues to showcase why he is probably the best on ball defender in the NBA and more versatile defender as well. Well, here's the thing. In the grand scheme of it all, yeah, that's what the Miami Heat want to do. However, the Miami Heat are at their best when they can – and we've had this talk different about different topics. But really, they're at their best when they can deploy principles of man and zone. If they could leave Bam out top or leave Bam in the middle and let everybody else do their work, I mean, and not necessarily to guard the rim in the middle, but to kind of bounce back and forth between whoever's trying to threaten that painted area, that's what they would do. Because if you'll notice, Bam really never left the top. Like he never no. really left the top of the key. They were they were switching and he was there already. Right, exactly. And so they were trying to get him to switch, but he was like, No, 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 no. I'ma be right here still. When you get the ball, I'ma be right here too. Yeah, it was it was insane, really. And you know, in terms of scoring, Jimmy Butler, there was a there was a period there where he just took over and he decided to be the man. And he he's clearly the best player on our team so it was good to see him just to grab the ball by the horns and say no this i'm i'm taking over and we're gonna do it 
do it this way. So it was it was great to see to see this type of effort. You got anything else for this game? Um, aside from the defensive effort, do you want to talk about what you saw from Tyler, Kyle Lowry? I mean, that's simple, that's standard, man. Tyler had been on a bit of a slump, so if it you know if it was good to you to see him get some shots to go. Um, then that's all fine and dandy, but I wasn't really worried about that because shot makers make shots. I mean, that's just what they do. They're going to be some time where they can't get them to go, but then once they start back going, it's going to look like it never left, and possibly in more cases, um, like it just continued to improve. You love that Kyle Lowry, um, you know, continued to get back on the horse and, you know, show that he's getting himself back acclimated. Um, he was a little better than he was in the Spurs game, 9.6 rebounds. I mean, six assists and two rebounds. Um, Four steals. You love that? Oh, absolutely. He's always going to be active on that end of the floor, even if he isn't filling things up. He's going to be a pest. That's just what he is. Um, I mean, those are things that you, you know, you like to see, and those are things that just have to happen because you expect them to happen. Um, What I will say, though, is speaking towards Bam Adebayo's aggression, um, since that Boston game, there's been something that has happened, and I don't know if somebody actually had to talk with him, or I don't know if he had to talk with himself. But I I, I hope they did. He's being more assertive now. I mean, it's really simple. Like, you know, people can say what they want and dress it up or backslide or moonslot or moonwalk or do everything that they want to. But the mere fact of the matter is he's doing what I've asked him to do for a long time. It's not about making or missing the shots. It's simply about getting up the attempts, looking like you want to take the damn shot, and good things will happen, which they have in his last couple of games when he's been assertive, aggressive, and looked like he wanted to take the shots. That's all you ask for because when you do that, when you're as talented as Bam, when you work as hard as he do, when you're as smart as he is, when you're skilled and active as he is, making sure that you're in certain places on the court or you're going to put yourself in position to impact the game, only good things are bound to happen. And that's what we've seen in the last several games from him. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a particularly great shooting night for him. But as you said, it doesn't matter as long as he gets them up. He actually led the team in shot attempts. He shot 21 field goal attempts, which is crazy because in the Boston game, he was he he didn't look interested in, in shooting the the ball. And I don't know if it was part of the game plan to have him work more as a facilitator with it, with Jimmy out or whatever. But 21 shot attempts, even though he shot 33% from the field, that's very encouraging for me because to me that means that he knows he knows he knows the full extent of his abilities and he is trying to use them well. Now all we need is for them for the shots to fall consistently. Anything else before we move on to the Wizards game? No, that's probably it. All right, so the Wizards last night were. We're recording on Tuesday, February 8th. The Miami Heat defeated the Washington Wizards 121-100. to A game that, once again, the Heat jumped out to an early lead. Kind of blew it. Then they came. Then they put the Wizards away for good. And by the, by the fourth quarter, it, the game was basically over. The Heat were ahead, I believe, by... They were ahead by 30 at one point. And the starters, again, did, did not play very much second straight game for for the starters who with less than 30 minutes Kyle Lowry was the only guy that played just 30 minutes he played 30 minutes and four seconds but Jimmy Butler played 29 Duncan Robinson played 28 and it was you know it was funny seeing him out there in the fourth quarter considering that 
sometimes even in close games we don't see him in the four, in the fourth quarter and he was out there bam Adebayo played only 24 minutes and he had 21.7 rebounds four assists and this time he shot the ball better and i'll excuse his lack of shot attempts he only had 24 minutes of playing time so he shot only 11 attempts but he makes it's not about stop don't make it i mean i know you're not but i want to make sure that people out there don't have the pass to um throw this bullshit out there it's not about the attempts it's about how he's taking the attempts regardless of whether it was just 11 last night and you noted that he only played 24 minutes so of course um you know what I mean? That's going to limit the shot attempts, but it's about how aggressive he looks when he's on the floor with those attempts. Like, yeah, there were only 11 shots last night, but you couldn't look at him and say, hey, bam, need, you need to be more assertive. Bam, what are you doing? Last night, not only was, you know, he put in a position to go and make things happen on his own. I could think of several series um, where it just seemed, several sequences where it just seemed like Jimmy Butler you know, like Bam started to break, kicked it out to the far side wing and eventually swung back up the wing to Jimmy Butler and Bam then repositioned himself from the baseline on the block to which Jimmy Butler basically told everybody to clear the hell out. I'm going to get the ball to Bam and let him go work and let him go to work on Rui, which is what he did. And that eventually led to a foul. You saw things like that last night. Bam actually actually opened up the scoring with the mid-range jumper last night right off the tip. It's the mm-hmm. assertiveness. It's the way he looks. It's the aggressiveness. It's the want to in his game. So regardless of how many shot attempts he actually puts up, is he if he has that assertive, that assertive feel, that assertive vibe, that assertive energy about him, if it looks like he wants to take the shot, that's all that matters. Yeah, and also Kyle Lowry's return, I think, and his return of form, I should say, has really helped Bam Adebayo as well. There were a couple possessions there, pick and roll. Bam Adebayo and Kyle Lowry have developed a good chemistry in that play as well. Kyle Lowry knowing when to find him, that helps a lot for Bam because, you know, Bam, we we would like to see him initiate the offense more, you know, initiate and create shots for himself more. But it also works really well when when he has a point guard of Kyle Lowry's caliber. I agree. I agree, but don't give him that pass, bro. I agree. I agree. Here it is. I agree, but don't give him that pass because this is also the same dude that we've watched in the last two games alone go coast to coast at least five times, finish three of them, start to break, kick it out, watch it swing around, and then eventually reposition himself to close the break after a little ball moment on the other two. So, I mean, yeah, it always helps when you have great teammates who can play make and set you up, put you in great spots to get easy baskets. But let's not act like Bam isn't fully capable of starting to break on his own or starting to play on his own and finishing it as well. He can create his own shot. So I agree with you. I agree with you. I just don't want us to give him that pass of needing somebody to set him up. That's all. All right. I get you. I get you. Also, uh, Bam Adebayo also had a a couple nice possessions. You mentioned the Hachimura one where he got fouled. There were other possessions where he posted up Kispert and that he just cleared out and got him the ball and allowed him to do work. That's the type double, of things. And he was double teamed on that play. Yeah. By so, the time he went to score, it was two guys on him and he just said, fuck it, I'm still going to power hook you and score. Yeah. So it was good to see that and hopefully it continues for the rest of the season and hopefully to a to a fourth championship parade in the 305. But you just said it, though, bro. It's that assertiveness right there. I could give a – of course I want you to make the shot. But I could give a damn if you make the shot because if you're being that assertive, then I know good things are going to happen. Because if they had to keep collapsing all game, 
you being Bam are eventually going to find one of your shooters. Or once his man leave him to guard you, Jimmy Butler going to cut right behind him. And instead of forcing that side up, you're going to dump it off to Jimmy for him to dunk on the whole team. I mean, it's just only going to lead to good things. And that's all we've been asking for. Mm-hmm. Also, very balanced scoring effort for the Miami Heat last night. They had seven players in double digits. Seven players in, in seven players in double figures. All twelve players who saw the court scored. That's great. And that was with without our top reserve guy, Teller Hero. He did not play in that game. Gabe Vincent led the way for the bench with 16 points and making some key three pointers. Eight assists as well. So let's not scoff at that. He was part of the he was a interviewee at the winner circle for the Bally Sports Sun broadcast. The United, the United Nations is currently looking for Gabe Vincent because what he did to Raul Neto last night was an international <laughs> crime. Um, I mean, it is a crime against humans. It, it is a sin. It is not. It is not permissible. The UN will need to speak to Gabe Vincent because he shouldn't have did that boy like that. He shouldn't have did no, him like that. It was, it was insane. Really, I. I mean, what else can I say? Well, let's talk about the Wizards. This was a lethargic effort from their part. I know Bradley Beal was missing, but this is still a team in disarray. I believe they have lost, what, eight of their last 10 games? Bro, um, if you look at their schedule here, so they lost to us. They lost to the Suns on the 5th. Um, they did beat Philly, but they lost to the Bucks on the 1st. So that's three of four. Um, then they lost to the Grizzlies four or five. They lost to the Clippers five or six. The Celtics six or seven. The Raptors seven of eight. The Nets eight of nine. Um, and they lost to the Trailblazers back on January fifteenth. Um, so, which was which was prior to a win against the Wizards. So yeah, I mean against the against the Wizards. So yeah, eight of ten, man. They it's just something about Philly that they can't beat the Wizards, but. And the other eight games between, you know, the last Trailblazers game and this game, you're right. They lost eight of ten. Yeah. This is a now, team is, that... Now, mind you, this is after Montrezl Harrell saying to call them out, basically questioning their want to, saying it didn't feel like anybody wanted it. Yeah, I think he, he'll get moved by Thursday. The, oh, he the, has to. You can't keep him there. And, I mean, to be honest, you're doing him a favor by moving him. Yeah. Uh, Wow. This... Where can we start with this effort? Corey Kispert led the team in scoring. He he showed some good moments there. A lot of his buckets came in the fourth quarter, though, by when the game was over. So yeah, a lot of absolutely. garbage time buckets. But, you know, he showed some flashes driving to the basket when whenever he was against the starters or whatever. He got but random he, scrub heat killer written all over him, by the way. Yeah. But he, on the defensive end, he was a big, fat negative. <laughs> the heat were, the heat did whatever they wanted against him. But, yes, oh, this team was... It was it was insane because I remember when they started and you and I we both were kind of high on them. We thought that they would hit their over their over in the win total. I don't know if they already did, but well, I don't. well, okay. I want to I want to clarify that for me their win total was so low that I was like they gotta hit it. But when they but but I'll give you this when they started out hot. I will ask you to give me this credit as well. I was also one to be like, eh, let's not make them, you know. Let's see him. But I thought I mean, they would hit their win total because it was so low. It was a really low win total. I did not fully buy into them as well at the start. However, I was like, oh, maybe they do something, but I need to see more. And effectively, we, we saw more. And 
it didn't do it for me. Oh yeah, the numbers balanced out. They tailed off like a mother. Yeah. So, I mean, and I was and I was gonna mention idea. that, man. I was gonna mention that. Think about that. Like the Wizards started off so hot. They had so many people. Like you know, oh look at the Wizards. The Wizards, and I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, the Wizards gonna Wizard, man. They've done this before. Like in the John Wall Bradley Bill era, I won't say that they've had seasons where they've started out being the favorites, but they've had seasons where they started out blistering, looking like, you know, they could make some real noise. At worst, they would be a fourth seed. And then as the season went on, as life and, you know, the rigors, the chemistry, the real life um, aspects or the real world playing out of the actual basketball happenings and just how life impacts your ability to do that at the highest level, um, we've seen them not be able to sustain. And you don't know what to put your finger on that as. Um, if you're looking at it from the outside of it in, you have no choice but to say it's organizational because no matter what talent they bring in, no matter what upgrades they seem to make, no matter what changes happen, um, it just doesn't seem like they have the, what's the word? The, you hate to call it kahunas of fortitude because then you're taken away from their, you know, their determination. They just don't have the- They just, they just don't have it. They just they don't, don't have it. Right, they don't have the oomph to make it happen and then you look at it is it your top level player is it top level enough can Bradley Bill be the best player on a title winning team I think no. that's the question you have to ask yourself no we have seen it he right I mean he's a high volume think, scorer a very good one of that and he's having a very he's having a poor season by his standards so you know is there some decline there I don't know So I don't know if there's decline there as much as you've had people like, okay, he's a high-volume scorer, so we're going to let him get his shots off, but we just got to keep him from beating us, you know? So I think people have maybe keyed in on that and said, we're going to make you an even more high-volume scorer so that your points don't matter as much because they're inefficient as fuck. So if you got to take also, 40... Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say that. I mean, go ahead and finish because when I, what I'm going to dive into here ties into our, our next topic. And, you know, okay. the, the whole topic that has the NBA world in... I don't know. I don't want to call it in shambles, but you know they have. Listen, the trade no, no, deadline it, is, it, is right. a couple days away. It definitely has the world chattering. I get it. I know where you're going. Um, if we make you take 40 shots to get 20 points, damn it, you still lose. Basically, at the end of the day, that's still a big fat L for you. And I and I and I'll say it like this to, to tie a ball around and let you get to your point. What it's ha- what has happened is you're really putting a microscope under the people that buy the groceries for the Wizards because when you look at Bradley Bell, and then even in their previous iteration with John Wall as their centerpiece, John Wall probably wasn't good enough to be the best player on a title-winning team. Bradley Bill, damn good teams. They were, but Bradley Bill isn't good enough to be the best player on a title-winning team. And Bradley Bill and John Wall alone weren't a duo good enough to win you a title. You were always one piece away. So you have to look at who's buying the groceries in Washington um, or who has you know bought the groceries if there's been multiple people and, and and basically put a lot of the onus on them. Don't get me wrong. A lot of the onus goes on the players, too. Because you could see last night, as Montrez Harrell's alluded to, by the third quarter, they all wanted to go to Chocolate Cities. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, yeah, that was I was going to mention that. The effort, and I don't mean, and I don't mean Chocolate was, City is into the heart of D.C. I mean to the local strip joint. <laughs> it reminded me of, the, of that Atlanta Hawks game that they just seemingly were out of it in the middle of the game. This reminded me of that. They just they stopped trying at some at some points. Absolutely, everything Montrez said, you saw it right there. So, 
they've got some they got some culture issues absolutely up, speaking of, up in the speaking, nation's capital speaking of culture i gotta include this before we bounce off and like it was so it, it, it was sad so i live in virginia so the washington wizards are my local broadcast or whatever so i you know i'm always privy to their local broadcast so i tend to stick there for a little bit after the heat play them just to see what's going on and they're um you know like they're 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 uh the guy complaining local, about right, about the well, right, heat. Their, their local like their local broadcast team man everybody from their reporters their studios their you know commentators play by play guys man they were having a talk and it's just like their their reporter um they're jacks you know what i mean what jacks is to us this guy is that to them almost um Yo, like you could see the pain in his eyes revolving around the <laughs> yeah. thing. Like, I like mean, the, you saw the video and the guy the guy was about to cry. Bro, I like, was... he was hurt. But I guess when the Miami Heat come and take over your arena like they did Capital One Arena on Monday night, it, it'll it'll bring you there, man, because like the Let's Go Heat chants were thick in that joint. Oh, and yeah. I mean, it wasn't something that had to be pointed out. If you were watching the game um, in that third period, I mean, it just became from the first you period, period on. It was it was a home game for the Heat. Basically. You couldn't ignore it, yo. Like it was it was that loud in there. So I just wanted to note that that um you know the Miami Heat took over Capital One Arena on Monday night too. That was that was pretty cool to hear, but not for the Washington Wizards team because, like I said, they were legit sad, legit oh, sad. Yeah. They went out sad, so it was an interesting night for the Miami Heat. By the way, that. On that point, the the home game for us, that means we everywhere. So stay tuned. Be, be careful. That's all I want to say to our opponents. Speaking of, let's talk about some NBA trades. The trade deadline is a couple of days away. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers executed a trade recently. Today, it was CJ McCollum finally got traded from the Blazers to the Pelicans. The Pelicans were looking for guard play. They were look they were looking to get into the play-in. They're, that's their so their main goal right now. Hopefully to see if Zion comes back at some point and see and have an improved team around him with BI, Devontae Graham, CJ McCollum, and Jonas Valanciunas. That's honestly that's not a bad starting five, Kenneth, in my opinion. What do you think? No, it's not. Um, it's definitely not a bad starting five. I will say this, though. Remember a couple of shows back, we had talked about, and I'll say it's probably about a month ago, we talked about New Orleans. Um, and we both thought that their year was done, and they've since come back to not only catapult themselves into contention, um, I won't say title contention, but like you said. Playing contention. Right. Well, the thing about any professional sports league is just about making the tournament. And once you make the tournament, you let the chips fall where they may. So if they're in the, you know, in the tournament, which the play-in firmly is, you got to win an extra game or so. But, you know, that will put them in the tournament. So to see them be able to fight their way into contention on the back of B.I.'s performance. Um, and, of course, you look at guys like Graham, who I've liked and I thought that um, I don't know what's going on with him because when he was in Charlotte, he seemed to be more carefree and just play ball. He hasn't quite been his same explosive self in new orleans and i don't know why i can't understand it it's like bro you got the money now just go play ball maybe maybe it's the there's i 
suppose that CJ will help alleviate some of the on-ball responsibilities he's been tasked with. I agree with you, and that might help open him up a little bit. That that might actually help, you know, help him get back to himself. So when you look at what they have going on down there, now I will say this, and if you don't realize how good of a ball player this next guy is, that means you don't watch the game. Josh Hart is losing. Josh Hart is going to hurt them. Oh yeah, like he's he's a power forward in a two guards body. Um, he does everything. Two way player. Yeah, he can score. He defends. He hits the board. He can help create plays for others. He's like, it, don't get me wrong. I'm not calling him an all star. Just lit, like it's a it's a it's a constructional. A really good, it's a, a really constructionally operated definition, right? But he's an all star glue guy. Like if you can make glue guy, if you can have like an all star team of glue guys, he's like all NBA glue guy. You know what I'm saying? Like everything you want, everything you want your fourth, fifth, or sixth guy to do, he's that. So let's talk about the package that the Pelicans got back. They got CJ McCollum. They got Larry Nance Jr. Who, by the way, before, I like Larry. I like before Larry arriving Jr. in Portland, he was really good for the Cavs. And he fell off in Portland. I don't know what's going on there. And Tony Snell. You want to know a fun a fun Tony Snell stat? Go ahead. The man hasn't missed a free throw in three years. How many has he shot? <laughs> that, that doesn't matter. What you mean? <laughs> I don't. I'm, I'm not giving any context there. I just wanted to say it. Say it. Right. You know. He, but he shot like six free throws and shit. I don't care. He hasn't missed in three years. That's the stat. <laughs> but all all jokes aside, honestly. Oh. Oh shit! We A trade just deal. happened. What the we, fuck? Oh my we god. It. We got another deal. Hold on. Let me let me see. Pacers are trading Demonis Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb. To Sacramento for Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. What? Why would the wow. Kings give up Tyrese Halliburton? Because they're dickheads. Why would the Kings do that? Oh my god. I literally just went to refresh Adrian like Woj's Twitter page. And what the hell? I mean, the Pacers made it out like bandits in that trade. Let me see what we got here. Yeah, Jeremy Lamb and Justin Holiday. Hmm. Jeremy Lamb and Justin Holiday, bro. I mean, I know that like, it has been widely reported that the mandate for the for the Kings for the Kings from ownership is to make the playoffs, and I I guess Sabonis really helps in that regard. But I thought they were gonna get rid of Fox, not Halliburton. Yeah, man. Here's the thing about but here's the thing about Halliburton. I think when you add Halliburton to when you add when you put Halliburton beside Brogdon, you basically just got two of the same cats. I think that what you give yourself a chance to do. So now you're definitely building around Miles Turner. I mean, honest. I mean, shit. Let's let's bounce away for a second. I, I, let me let me put on my Heat fan hat here. If Ty, if that was the cause for Tyrese Halliburton, man. <laughs> Why? What are the Kings doing, man? The Kings. I cannot believe it, Kenneth. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just cannot believe it. I'm gonna How be honest. You? I'm gonna. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna be honest with you. The Kings yeah. didn't. The Kings didn't lose this deal, bro. 
I know Sabonis is a good player, and Jeremy Lamb and Justin Holiday are nice pieces, but dude, Tyrese Halliburton. Right, but the Kings got the best player in the deal by far. But what's their ceiling with that current core? Indiana now has has something legit to build around. And who knows... But and if who you knows are, what what if they trade Miles Turner, what they can get for him? Well, I don't think you can trade Miles Turner now because you can't give away like the reason that you were thinking about trading one of them in the first place is because you can't maximize Miles Turner and Demontis, even though Demontis and Miles both can stretch a little bit. You can't maximize them both playing them together. So I get that. Um, but the thing about it is. Now, if you're the Kings, you have a legit inside threat. You have a legit outside threat. And you don't have shit that clashes. Like, you can maximize both. I think that that makes both teams extremely better. It's addition by subtraction for Indiana. But, of course, they add another elite guard type in Halliburton. But I also think that if you're the Kings, you get something in Sabonis that you hoped Marvin Bagley to be. Like, Sabonis is what you hoped. Marvin Bagley would turn in too. So I, I do feel like, like okay, I will give them ahead. this. I do like the duo, well, yeah, the duo yeah. of, of, of Rashawn Holmes hell and yeah. Demonis Sabonis. I do like that and, duo. And, and think about this though. When you're talking about Rashawn Holmes and Demonis Sabonis, do talk about two guys that can play together. Because Rashawn Holmes can play along that short corner baseline. Demonis can play out to the three point line. I mean, and you're not talking about a stiff big guy who even though he's a little fluid and he can play outside, Miles Turner's still really stiff in the grand scheme of things. When you're talking about Rashawn Holmes, you're talking about a pogo stick. Like, he's not stiff. He's a ball of electricity. It's a different feel. But now you're also talking about putting all of those guys with the guy who you can throw it to, free throw line in, and say, go get me a bucket. But here's the kicker. Any of those guys that cut, you know, like De'Aaron Fox really wants to do, I mean, he could kill you off dribble too. But where he excels at as a player is not only his ability to play on ball, but his ability to adapt and play off ball with another good player. Now you're talking about a situation where that pick and roll can be hell. Because let's say he operate the pick and roll regularly, right? Okay, let's say he give it up and then he relocate. Well, once he relocate, wherever the fuck he go, you know who can find him at any point in time? Demonis? At any point in time. So now I think you give yourself a legit tandem to build around if you're Sacramento. I don't know Demise's, um contract situation, so I don't know how long he's locked into Sacramento, but that would be my only gripe there. Can we keep him here long-term? Because if you can keep him there long-term, you, you got something to build around when you're talking De'Aaron Fox and Demise Sabonis. That's definitely a duo to build around. They, they oh, complement man. each other. I would have tried to push De'Aaron Fox on the, on the Pacers. I, I'm sorry. Halliburton so you let just, me ask you this. So you're choosing just, Halliburton over De'Aaron Fox? Yes. I can't say you're wrong there because I know we've had these conversations early in the year where I told you you can either get De'Aaron or you can get Halliburton and somebody else. But for me, De'Aaron Fox and what he's been able to do thus far, he's still the hotter commodity. I get it. But I still think De'Aaron is the hotter commodity when it comes to him and Halliburton. All right. But let me look at Terry Halliburton as an asset. A guy in his sophomore year who had an outstanding rookie season, who was coming on lately with his play, still in a rookie contract. 
a guy who won a premier position in the in the league. He's a point guard, shooting guard. Hell, you can even slide him as a as a very small small forward. I don't I don't know, man. I I hope hope it works out for the Kings because this seems like a Kings move. And I mean, I know the West is wide open right now. The West truly is wide open, but. Jesus, I I wouldn't have given up Tyrese Halliburton, and they get they get Buddy Heel to boot. Now I know the Pacers this season is lost for them. They have nothing Absolutely. else to compete. For. Absolutely, but that says though I think you get you get you get Hill. those guys you get those guys to jail, and Buddy Heald, you get you have him come on and shoot the lights out once again and have him play motivated ball. But you, you know what, in the off season. I was just about to say I thought you might move him, but the more I think about it, um, I don't think if, if well, here's a, if you're the Pacers, you you and you you can't let Lance go again. You got to at least give Lance another year. You traded Holiday and you traded Lamb, so you have traded your shooters or the guys that have been playing for you recently. I think that matter of fact, the more I think about it, um, I think Hill's gonna stick around because I was thinking Duarte, but they traded the mother because Duarte is a, a player for them too. I really like Duarte from Indiana. I can't even front. Um, when you look at Duarte, I think you play him, Buddy Hill, Miles Turner. Um, you know, uh, you keep Stevenson in the mix. Uh, you also got Halliburton now, and you got Brogdon. And like I said, Halliburton and Brogdon are the same guy to me. Um, whereas Halliburton just hasn't worked on his jumper a ton like Brogdon has. But I think from a, you know, player composition standpoint, they're very similar players. I guess I could, I could see, but listen, man, it's just to me, it's unforgivable to trade an asset like that. And I know they got a good player in return, but just, I mean, I'm, just, I, I don't understand what the fuck we're doing here, man. Demata Sabonis, what are you talking about? He's good, but Tyrese Halliburton could be so good could be, for them. Could be, could be, and he has shown potential that he is getting there. Could be though. But what we know about Sabonis right now is he's a walking 25 and 10. I wouldn't say 25. I would say 20 and 10. But well, you can f- throw well, you can throw three defenders on him. Yeah, he's 20 and 10. But when you can get somebody But I will give him four assists. Huh? I will give him four assists. Maybe right, 20 well, and 10 and 4. Right. But when you, can, when you can throw three defenders on him and focus all your attention on him in Indiana, then yeah, he's only going to get you 20. But in a place like Sacramento, where you got some other guys that take the attention off him, I think he'll be able to eat that other five out. So, okay. Here's what I'm thinking. So you got Fox at the one. At the two, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, it was supposed to be Halpern, I guess, but I don't know who is going to start there for them. Uh, Holiday? Oh, yeah. Well, or well, not Lamb. So probably Holiday. Holiday. Right, Lam- Lamb's gonna be Barnes? a six man. Lamb's gonna be a six man because he's really come back on um, since the health and safety protocols have you know needed bodies to play. So he can come in and be a six seven man, right? So you put Holiday at your two, you put Barnes as your three, um, you put Demondis so as your four, and then you put Rashawn as your five. And That's not a bad Dave- starting lineup. It's just that you, I I question the Davey, ceiling with it. You got Davion Mitchell coming off as your six man, but also a guy you can plug in to be your stopper. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I would have liked to see the long term impact between a long a long term. I would have rather given up Fox and have Halliburton handle the point guard duties full time. It's just what I'm saying. 
and figure out the rest. Fair. I'll put it to you like this, man. Sacramento has committed the money to one of them. And I think they committed the the wrong the money to the wrong guy. Hey, now that's a fair enough opinion. I'm just saying. Anyway, good God, honestly, I mean, we were gonna we were talking about the 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 Pelicans, the Pelicans. <laughs> oh my God, the man, the Jesus, whatever. I'm, I'm I need to stop thinking about that. Wow, absolutely. I, now, currently with the Miami Heat on a three-game winning streak after dropping three games, uh, a pair of games to Toronto with the Boston Massacre stuffed in between, they had the chance to go on to the Pelicans um, in the next day or so, which I'm thinking, was it that Wednesday or Thursday? Thursday. They had Thursday. the chance to go Thursday. to New Orleans on Thursday. Um, and, and who knows? Maybe that, maybe they maybe they face they maybe they face CJ McCollum in his Pelicans debut. Perhaps you know what I mean. It, they have a couple of days. I'm pretty sure. He'll be itching to get out there and get going with his new team, especially um, with them having the chance to, like we, as we noted, make that playoff push. So they'll have a chance to go there um, and push that win streak out to four. But I'll just be frank and say, whether CJ CJ McCollum, uh, you know, Madam CJ Walker, CJ Ellaby, it's going to be the Heat by the time the fourth quarter buzzer run. So I mean, it doesn't matter if he plays or not. I think that the Heat, you know, not necessarily. Fuck it. I think the Heat easily able to push their win streak to four in New Orleans. New Orleans just isn't good enough. And the Miami Heat are one of the best teams in the NBA, if not a top three team, because they are the best team in the East. The only two teams that I question if they're better than right now are the late. I mean, not the Lakers. Excuse me. I almost puked in my mouth. <laughs> oh. all, the, all the Warriors and the Suns. That's the only two teams I question. I almost threw you out of the pot. Hey, man, so. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just, you know, <laughs> that word. You know what I mean? That word is just, you know, a perennially all great word. And as I always tell motherfuckers, listen, yes, they suck right now. But do I want to see them in a playoff series? Hell no. You want to know why? LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron yeah. James. LeBron unless they got, James. Unless they got Russell Westbrook shooting, I don't know, what the hell is he doing the past few games? I've, I haven't watched many Laker games yeah, recently. That's, that's rough, but, man. But uh, you know, not even get, not even touching the rim, man. Let's give us two yeah. minutes on that, man. We gotta give two minutes on that. Um, Russ just didn't all of a sudden start to suck. Let's can we agree there? No. And listen, the shooting the shooting woes have always been there throughout his career. Right. It's just that it's he just, had elite an elite first step. There you go. The fit has been so terrible that it doesn't allow him to get to his other shit regularly to offset the poor shooting. And that's the difference in L.A. And then plus it's L.A., so it's a microscope placed on the things he does poorly. And when he does something well, you just ignore it because you're looking at the things he does poorly so closely. Also, speaking of Buddy Heald, who got traded today, the Lakers could have had him. And they only I will continue to bang this drum. They could have had Buddy Heald, and they only had to give up Kyle Kuzma and Montrezl Harrell. That's a fact. I mean, no, in the grand scheme, that of things. was the re that was the reported trade. I remember when that happened. Wolves reported it that the that Buddy Hill was headed to the Lakers, and I I was thinking, man, that's a I really like that fit. But I then agree. They had to go, and then they had to go fuck it up and get Westbrook and that give up. That would have been expensive, up. though. What do you mean? I think that when you're looking at Cal Kuzma and Montrez Harrell for Buddy Hill, that's not apples to apples. Unless you're sending me Buddy Hill and some draft compensation. Like you're fleecing me. I mean, 
Montrose Harrell's value was an all an all time low. He had I a really, agree. he he had a rough season with the Lakers. Kyle no, Kuzma okay. had kind of fallen out of favor there. But you do it for the fit. You know what I'm saying? Because I get you, I get you. But you got to give me a second round or something. You but, do it for the and, fit. And l- l- listen, listen. You didn't have to let go KCP. You could have paid. Fact. You could have paid Caruso. You didn't lose your top defenders, your top perimeter defenders, which enable you to field what was the best defense in the league last season. But what and don't did they get, do? And don't give them a fucking pass. If they wanted to pay Caruso, even with all the other things they bought in, they could have paid Caruso. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and you know they they cried. They they said they were poor and they right. didn't they, want to they pay. They just chose. They just chose not to pay that brother. Um, but yeah. So let's let's okay to finish on Russ real quick. Russ needs to change the scenery. He he can't be in L.A. next year. Plain and simple. Get him to New York. That would be better. <laughs> I'm yo, you you might be bullshitting, but I think you I think you do put him in New York, but you ship every fucking thing else out and you can Well, I think he could play with Randall. I don't know if he could play with the rest of that shit. When Randall returns to LA? <laughs> because you need um, to match salary somehow. That's forty four right? million dollars in salary in salary. Here's the thing. I think you do something three-way oriented where you put some like eventually shooters let me ask you this would washington ever take on randall's money would the lakers ever take on bill's money um and then somehow new york comes into play for russ and you know a mix of all of the rest of the chips that need to fall how would you think about something like that hmm Oh my god, that's a really complicated move. There will have to be for New York. You have to attach assets to get a. That's a negative asset. Russell Westbrook is a negative asset. I don't care what you what anybody says. He's a negative asset at this point. Right. I mean, he's an he's, but he's only a negative asset because the money's upside down. His play no, right the, now it's exactly for the money and the role he wants to play because the role that that money warrants like enables you to play because Paul like. There are politics involved in there. You can't have a six man making forty four million dollars. Absolutely, but I mean, you also look at Russell Westbrook for what he is, and you're not getting the most out of him if you relegate him to a six man. Like my thing is, you have to figure out a way to craft your team around his skill set. So you have to start in a situation where you can not necessarily totally build around him, but where you're not locked into a style of play already. Because I don't even want. Don't get me wrong. I mean, don't get me wrong. If you know, you don't have to have the $40 million guy on your team, then I get that. But if you're going to have him on your team, there's no way I'm going to have him on my team where his skill set clashed with everybody else. We're going to let Russell drive the lane. We're going to let him get his 20, his 10, and his 7. But we also going to let him kick out to open shooters. So you have to find a way to try to maximize that if you're going to take on his money, not try to relegate him. No, Not a square peg in a round hole, if that makes sense. Ugh. No, I'm not you saying know, that'll you, work. You, I'm not saying that'll know, work. I'm just saying that's what you have to do. You have to shoot no, no, your no. shot there. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm sorry. Just like I'm. I'm not thinking about. I, I kind of zoned out when you were talking because I just, I still cannot believe the Kings gave up Tyrese Halliburton. I cannot believe it. So let's wrap up the pod because he's <laughs> now buying in the fake trades. Look, man, who you got in New Orleans? New Orleans. I like the starting five. It all depends on how Zion performs. I don't know. I mean, in the New Orleans game coming up this week, I think we should beat them. Oh, however, uh, it duh. won't be. It w- duh. 
it won't be I don't expect it to be a blowout like the last time although it might it very well very well might be because this heat team is a well-oiled machine the Pelicans are still I would say at best they're an average team currently as currently constructed maybe they get a jolt with CJ's debut so who knows perhaps Perhaps. I th- I think this is a, a good part, good way to end the pod. So, I mean, I would I would say so. I mean, I've already given you my opinion on New Orleans. I think we mud stop them basically. Yeah. The end. And allow me to fully digest why the Sacramento Kings traded Tyrese Hall- Tyrese Halliburton. I'm sorry, people. JJ saw the trade and just walked out. <laughs> I, uh, I'm sorry. He's still uh, at a loss for words. He don't even know what to say. <laughs> Thank you for listening. This has been a three. No, I'm joking. Go ahead, JJ. <laughs> well, thank you for listening to this episode of the 305 Culture Podcast. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 305 Culture Pod. You can also follow me on Twitter at JJ Rivera NBA and on Instagram, J Rivera 98. I won't spell it out for you guys today because I am all lost he'll, for words. Kenneth, just say your socials and let's get out of right, here. Right. Because he'll probably get his spelling wrong because he can't remember what color his socks are right now. As far as I don't as have I any go, socks though, on right now. See, you see, people, you got them all messed up. Whoa, this is your fault. As far as I go, though, people, you can find me on Twitter at KSAK. That's K underscore S-A-I-D underscore Q-U-E. Again, KSAK on Twitter and on Instagram. You can find me at IMKSaris. That's I-A-M-K-C-I-R-R-U-S. Again, IMKSaris on Instagram. Um, this is JJ and Kenneth for the 305 Culture Pod. We're signing out. Thanks, guys. Um, enjoy the trade deadline. I will try to get JJ some smelling salts, and we'll be back soon. All right, bye. <laughs>